All right, welcome back. Double J weekend review slash midweek game preview from the weekend. We have Manchester City 3, Tottenham Hotspur 3, Newcastle in a dominating 1-0 win over Manchester United, plus the rest of the games, winners, losers, Mike Dean, Gary O'Neill, and we'll get out of here. Okay, welcome back. Double J weekend review. Jace with the intro yet again. Things we love to see. There were some quite interesting games this weekend. A lot of things went as you would expect. Some of them a little bit interesting. Some things didn't go as expected. One of the things that neither of us predicted, Jace, Manchester City 3, Tottenham 3, Manchester City dropping points yet again. Ange Postacoglu is about to get absolutely praised by every single person in the entire planet. He is. He does deserve some credit for what they're saying. He told them at halftime um, to just get out there and get on with it. Stop acting like you're playing Man City. Stop trying to do flicks and all this crap. Um, yep. Assume I got caught trying to nutmeg and that screwed him. Um, mm-hmm. Basically just told him to go out there and play. And they went out there and played. They played well in the second half. They counter well. They limited what City were doing. But at the same time, Erling Holland specifically... Um, should have scored at least mm-hmm. two, and yeah. that was their main problem. Holland just didn't have it this game. Like I think his his xG was close to the exact same as Spurs, but they scored three, he scored zero. Like, um, I just think he had an off game, and that ended up being the difference in the end. But full credit to Spurs for bouncing back, um, twice, and from an own goal immediately after they scored. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good yeah. game for them. It was it was obvious that I mean there is a mechanism, there is a, a play style that you can play with, with the right group of players that can beat this city system. It's sitting deep, letting them have the ball, counterattacking through your elite attacking players, elite attacking players. That's what you have to have in order to beat them. I think personally, you have to have the you have to be quick in transition. You have to be able to let them have the ball and you have to have the killer instinct like Sun has for the first goal to run directly at that defense and say, I'm going to have a go here. Ederson could probably do better on the first goal, but the fact of the matter is, is they were so direct and they went away from that right after they did it, Jace, which was weird to me watching it back a little bit. I noticed that they, they did do the thing of like, oh no, we're playing City. And it is, listen, I've been very critical of Ange. It is incredible that he can get the response out of his players by just saying, stop acting like you're playing the Monstars. Stop acting like this is Godzilla and you're a little human in Japan, right? Like this is not David versus Goliath. It's not. There is a system that these guys are beatable. They've conceded goals like candy. Jace talks about Holland. My my, my big gripe is going to be the defense. I've said that uh, Ruben Diaz is the best defender center back in the league uh, since about uh, what about March last year when he came back in and City just never lost again. I think is when it was. Um, I, I do I do still regard him in that he is one of the best center backs in the league, but they are conceding goals at a United level. And, and that's a that's an insult for those curious. Yes, that is an insult. 
they're they've conceded how many in the league this season 16 which is only one less than manchester united 16 goals conceded that is worse uh than liverpool worse than arsenal worse than newcastle um and it's not worse than spurs to their credits not worse than spurs but with the standard that that defense set itself especially when they made this little switch when holland came in and we're going to play this stupid little formation when that happened the defense was almost unstoppable right like there was no one getting through this season it's swiss cheese there's holes left right and central shia labeouf if you will am i wrong here jace no no you're not wrong and this is all to their standard there are obviously mm-hmm. 16 goals isn't the worst thing in the world. It's not the worst thing All in the world. That. Yes. But you look at years past, and I guarantee you right now they're around 13, 12, 11, mm-hmm. something like that. And in their Centurion season, probably under 10. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's not as good this year. I don't think Vardy All's lived up to the price tag yet. I don't think he'll be a problem long term. I think they'll look at that figured out, but Ake was better at that position last year. Akanji is very good, but he's not John Stones. They need Stones back. Um, mm-hmm. Fit and playing full-time. I know he's back on the bench, but he's not even getting in the games right now because um, I think he just has that nagging injury. But yeah, I agree with you. I said it a few weeks ago. The defense isn't what it was last year, and that again, that's not to say that it's bad. It's just not as good in years past. And in years past, they win these games. They don't let Kulisevsky dunk at the back post. Um, Lokelso mm-hmm. is scoring bangers this year. There's not really anything. Yeah, what, what, what the hell? Where did that come from? I don't know. Where, what? He just pops up out of nowhere. I mean, he was loaned out last year. Conte essentially said, you're, you're used goods. Get out of here. And just brought him back in. And it's like, what the hell? That's what, two and two? Am I wrong? He scored uh, a deflected goal the week before. Yeah, it's two yeah. and two. Um. So while we do say City were this, City were that, yada, yada, we do have to credit some of these guys. I thought Brennan Johnson, this was kind of a come-out game for him, where it's like, okay, this is the guy I saw at Forest. And, and I do think it is because Ange said, we got to play this certain way. He did not play the Ange way. He adjusted. He didn't do this just-do-it-mate thing, right? Um, he, they played expansive attacking football, but it wasn't the same way they play against Bournemouth. Right. They were pragmatic. It was a lot better to me. Yeah. And I think uh, only really at the end when the whole ref thing happened, the advantage was one of the few times they got caught in behind, which I think was what you and I were mainly worried about was them just trying to play at the halfway line. Someone sliding a ball in behind a Holland or Foden or whoever, Doku and Grealish, whoever. And um, that being that, but to their credit, they didn't do that. They didn't you know, fully go away from what they're doing. As you said, they played the attacking way. They didn't just cede possession. They didn't sit back mm-hmm. and let the city have 65, 70% or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I do think there was a slight adjustment and it, there had to be, uh, yeah, with that's what Davies it's like. And it's Royale forced. and right. The players that I'm are not playing digging right them out. Yeah. I'm not digging so. them out. It's, it's what you have to do when you have a center back pairing of Ben Davies and Emerson Royale. It just is. And for Eve Basuma to have his worst game, I think this season probably for Tottenham, and you still are able to perform and defend to a you know at least an okay degree. I know they conceded three, but it's City. We do need to get into the ref call. The yeah, let's, uh, let's finish up with that. You have anything else you want to say before we 
No, the last thing I talk. The last thing I do actually want to say from a city point of view is Rodri is getting left on his own right now, and it's very blatantly obvious. Uh, the disconnect between between the five attackers and the five defenders, and we'll, well, six defenders if you want to include Ederson in that, is larger than I have seen for City since like Pep's first season, maybe. Um, I I think that they're going to have to change this formation a bit as the season goes. I don't think the personnel you have this season fit this system. That's my last real tactical thing on the game. The yeah, call by cost Rodri, by the way, that's his fifth. He got his fifth yellow in this game because he's it was one of the, good, some of the worst stuff. I've ever seen. I mean, now he's he's out for Villa, so yeah, not it was some of the worst I've I've seen from him in a city shirt. He he was yelling at a lot of the players about tracking back, um, which is not city. We're going to get into it in a bit, but that's United. <laughs> like <laughs> these aren't problems that City deal with. They don't deal with tracking back issues. Okay. The call. Simon Hooper uh, made a, a an absolute gaffe. Jace is going to explain this better than I can because he heard Tim Howard, who uh, I believe gave a very good analysis. Uh, my interpretation of what happened. Uh, Erling Holland is fouled by, I believe it was uh, Emerson Royale, um, whoever caught him from behind. He goes to the floor, gets back up. The ball is still in play. An advantage is very clearly played by Simon Hooper. Erling Holland clips the ball over the top. Jack Grealish clean through. Onside, clean in, and Simon Hooper brings the ball back for a, the original foul on Erling Holland, displaying his advantage. Jace, explain this to me. Yeah, and this isn't defending the ref by any means because it was stupid. I mean, obviously he should have played advantage. There's no other reason about it. Um, but he doesn't have to, technically. Like He didn't break any rules by not playing advantage there. He's the same ref who the funny Arteta gif comes from where he's spinning his fingers like a substitution <laughs> sign because yeah. Arsenal tried to take a quick throw in um, to get an advantage and he blew it back so that the other team could make substitutions. Um, but anyway, to what Tim Howard said is when you watch the video, you can see him put the whistle to his mouth. Tim was wondering if if that whistle made even a little bit of a sound. He has to blow it full because... You know, inadvertent whistle, yeah. Inadvertent whistle, um, and then the second one was that from his angle, maybe it looked like Grealish wasn't in behind, and that uh, the keeper Vicario was going to easily be able to come up and get it. Uh, both of those kind of just sound like excuses to me, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. It should have my... shouldn't have been stopped. Should have been an advantage. The only reason it should have been stopped was if that inadvertent whistle thing did actually happen, because then you know someone's going to have a mic that picked it up, and if you score, then you're opening. You're, you know, oh yeah, it's gonna lose it. All the Spurs players are going to suddenly say they heard it, and yeah, that's Pandora's box. Problem. You absolutely do not want to open. My interpretation was he thought Grealish was offside. I think he, he put his Grealish arm up though. He didn't put his arm up because I don't know if he had time. Oh, to he wasn't calling up. the offsides though, so he wouldn't have put his arm up. He was calling the foul. Right. I yeah. think he thought Grealish was offside, and he blew the whistle thinking Grealish was offside. Grealish was not. The referee, the the linesman's flag never goes up. It's a weird one. It's a weird one. Do I think City have the right to be as angry as they are? No. Why? Why? You come on here. You come on here, you little weirdo, and you say every single call that goes against United and Arsenal. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. 
breaks, pump them. We, we do call out referees. This is a bad call. You had every opportunity to win this game after this, right? Like there, there are opportunities to win this game. The call should not have made you lose your heads like it did. Um, also, brother. 115 FFP charges are on your head. I, I lose a little sympathy for you when, when calls don't go your way. With that being said, we said we would be consistent. We said we would be team guys, so that's what I'm going to be. This is a horrible call. I understand the frustration from Erling Holland. I understand the fr- frustration from the city players. But at the same time, you are the team that concedes a 90th-minute goal, right? You had the, the three points. And you can see the 90th minute goal. And you'll say, well, it, we, it could have been done and dusted. All right, all right, all right. Maybe. Maybe. He didn't score either from it. Like, they stopped it before he got to the point of scoring. If he had put the ball in the back of the net and they had brought it back, okay. Real gripes. Real, real, real gripes are heard from me, and I'm fully 100% behind you and not 99.5% behind you. Is that an okay thing to say, Jace? Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't think Holland would have acted quite that explosively if he hadn't had the game he had. I think he was just as pissed at himself as he was at the ref for bringing the ball back. I mean, he exploded, got on Twitter. I'm sure they'll charge him. They've already charged City for surrounding the ref. Like, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it it was a bad call. But again, he didn't technically didn't break the laws or anything. That's just. It's com- It's one of those common sense calls. How do you not give them advantage? They're clearly through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, that's that's all here. Actually, I have one question for Jace. Uh, Pep Guardiola's comments about your manager, Mikel Arteta, after the game. Any any comment on that one from you? No. He hates Arsenal now, so he's going to start taking all the little digs like he does it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right, Jace. He's scared of you. I like this. This is good. I, I didn't realize that I had a title chase, Jace, until uh, this weekend. I realized that Jace is fully focused this year. It's not we're going to get focused or we're not in a title race. <laughs> Jace was saying they weren't in a title race in like February last year. No, he's saying they weren't going to win the title. Let me correct myself. He won title. But this is a different Jace this season, people. I like it. Okay. Um. Next game, oh, table standings. Let's get into that. City are third. 30 points, three points off of uh, top place, one point behind Liverpool, and uh, three points ahead of Tottenham now, who sit in fifth. And while we're praising Tottenham, while we're praising Ange, that's one point from four. Put that on the table, leave it there. It's great. It's a bit like when City got the 4-4 draw. It's like, okay, well, they have like one win in their last four, so... Yeah. Is it that great? But I mean, it's still a good result for them. Hopefully, they can use it to turn turn something around for their sakes. I agree. Okay, it's time. Newcastle one, Manchester United zero. Jace, I'm going to let you get your stuff out because this was one of the worst games I've seen under Air Tenhock. Absolutely, I think maybe the no. <laughs> not the worst the seven nil exists this is probably this was probably the second worst game i've seen a group of players play under eric ten Hag so far in his managerial career at united yeah but even thinking on that seven nil the first half there was something there that mm-hmm. didn't go bounce your way and then folded in the second half we don't need to revisit that game this game thank you from the start 
there was just nothing. Barring mm-hmm. a few players, Bruno, Mino, uh, Garnacho looking active. I thought McGuire and Shaw were fine at the back. Yeah. Um, hence not conceding more than one. Yep. But I think the perfect contrast for this game as a whole for the two teams is to look at the two left wingers. Rashford playing right wing this week. I'm calling him left wing because him and Anthony Gordon are in contention to play the same exact position for England, which is off the left. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Gordon running his absolute ass off everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yep. As hard yep. as he can, playing defense, covering the fullback, whatever you want. Rashford just doesn't care. Didn't care. Wouldn't tracking Livermento, who is so hyped at 21 years old because of his ability to play on both sides and because he's good going forward. Um, yep. That's why Newcastle bought him. Yep. And just couldn't give a rat's ass, honestly. It looked like Martial, not good either up front. Look at Isak running his ass off. Um, I don't know. I think the open heart surgery that Ralph Ragnick's talking about, I swear we have to do this every month, but these players have been there through three or four, two managers. Yeah. And they're um, still actually... there, and you still get the same reports like today. Oh, man. Um, Eric Tenog's lost 50% of the locker room. It's the same 50% that turned on Ole. It's the same 50% uh, that, well, I don't want to say, Ralph probably had more than 50% turn on him because he was destroying them in the press. But same 50% that turned on Jose, all that. Because they've all been there this entire time. It's the yeah. same people. Yeah. Um, I posted a tweet today. Uh, Jace saw this. Um. I, I'm going to United this this Wednesday. I will be in Old Trafford. I'm going to go watch Chelsea. I've had these tickets for a, a long time. Long time. The last time I went to United game was December of 2015. It was United at home to Chelsea. There was a Dutch manager under pressure in the United uh, dugout, and the fan base was completely fractured, including the players. This time, December 2023, United are at home to Chelsea. A Dutch manager is under uh, is under pressure. The fan base is fractured, and so is the dressing room. Eventually, you have to find the common denominator, right? This isn't... Ragnick talks about the whole process being open-heart surgery. I think the identification of what is going wrong on a player basis is not. It's not. You need a good pair of glasses, and you can see everything a little bit of attention and you see what's going on players throwing their hands up at a manager during a game, during a game, throwing your hands up to the manager as a number nine for Manchester United. Unbelievable. Unacceptable. Wouldn't have happened in the nineties. Wouldn't have happened in the two thousands. Wouldn't have happened 20, 2010 to 2013 would have never happened. Cause you would have never seen that dude again. So you have never seen him years. again. This guy's Chances been there six over and years, over and, over and, over. and he's a part of the group that always goes, ah, oh, damn, my hamstring. Shit's getting tough. Oh, no, my ankle. Ah, stuff's getting hard, but the fan base, Tony Marshall came from France. They're still singing my name. So who really gives a rats? I'm on, I'm on 250 grand a week. Anthony Martial is on 250,000 pounds a week. 250,000. Pounds over seven day period to do what? 
to continually stab managers in the back, to continually put in performances that looked like you're giving 45% effort, not even, not even half-assing it. I'm talking below half-assing it. Uh, the amount of times that I've come on here, the amount of times that even before this podcast that I would talk to my father, that I would talk to Jace, talk to my uncle, and say, these guys don't care. They're not trying. I'm talking bare bones, minimum. At lowest you can do is go out there and try. I don't care if you hit them into Rosie the entire game. I don't care if we lose 5-0. The way we lost on Saturday is unacceptable. It's unacceptable. The manager knows it. The fans know it. And the players know it too. And that's the worst part about it is the players are seeing it now and they're going, oh, well, number five we can take out. Fifth manager. Moyes went out because the players went to the uppers. And if people don't believe that, just go back and look at it. Ferdinand and Vidic, or Ferdinand's very vocal about it. Rio Ferdinand is. Not sure I'd be so vocal about that. Making a man lose his job eight months into a job. Was it good? No. Was he supported? Absolutely not. Louis van Gaal, players turned on him. Rightfully so, I think, a little bit maybe. But at the same time, it seems like he was one of the few guys that was ruthless enough to come in there and tell him how it was. You ain't good enough. You aren't trying hard enough. You aren't training the right way. You aren't showing up to training on time. That's effort. That ain't even performance. We're talking about showing up on time? They do the same thing to Jose. They do the same thing to Ole, and we're doing the same thing here with Eric Tenhod. It, and it's not different guys, right? It's not different guys that are throwing their arms up. It's the same MFers. Anthony Martial. Every single time the going gets tough. Good Lord, do you get going. Don't see you when the going gets tough, except when you're throwing your arms up to the manager. Throw, that, people talk about Rashford's effort, which I'm going to get into here in a minute. Throwing your arms up at, the, at your manager, regardless of the situation, you should never put on the shirt again. Ever. Robbie Musto had a really good quote about that one, actually. I know he's very usually very anti-United, but he's like, one thing as a player... I learned I'm playing to please the manager, not he like he's the one that makes the decisions. I'm playing to, in training to not piss him off because that gives me a better chance of one getting better and two getting to play. And Tony's out there getting his chance. And he, he's throwing a little fit because he's probably being asked to run more than he wants to or uh, do something he's not comfortable with. Like, just go out there and do it. And people are saying like, Oh, but he's been so good in the past. No, he hasn't. He's been injury prone. And again, when the going gets tough, he gets going. Holding on from stuff when he was a teenager. Like, come on. If you're talking about we're, he's we're, been great in the past. Like, yes. Sure, he was great when he started, but when was that? He hadn't been that way in four years. Uh, actually, Jace, I have something fun for you here. Anthony Martial joined Manchester United September of 2015. Hasn't 
improved since his first season at all, has actually regressed since his first season. And I believe it's been uh, 2015, man. Scott McTominay has been in this side since July of 2017. Victor Lindelof, July of 2017. Diogo Dallo, uh, July of 2018. Aaron Wambasaka, July of 2019. Harry Maguire, 2019. Bruno, January of 2020. Donnie Vandebeek, September of 2020. Palestri, October of 2020. Sancho, July of 2021, who's not involved in the squad. Uh, Varane of 2021. All those guys we're relying on. You are asking, just think about this in, a, in, a, in, in any other setting, right? You start a business. You start a bit, you are starting a rebuild or whatever you're doing. You're, you walk into a high level position and you look at the people under you who have consistently underperformed for said business, right? You don't know them from Timbuktu. They have consistently underperformed. You're going to give them a chance, right? Because you don't know them. You don't know. Maybe they work out. Maybe they work well. Leopards don't change their spots. Right? Eventually, it'll get to a two-month period in that business. We'll look around and saying these guys' behavior is the same way. I've changed a management philosophy, but the behavior has continued. And, and I think that's what we're in right now, right? You've got that, oh, there's a new guy here. I got to look good. I got to look good for the new guy in the first year. Ooh, I didn't get sold this summer. That must mean I'm securely here and nothing matters because I got a big new contract and 350 grand a week. Marcus Rashford, who I haven't seen since that 350 grand a week contract. You, you, that doesn't work. It doesn't work in a normal setting. How do you expect it to work at the biggest football club in the world? How do you expect it? I think the stat was eight out of the, what was it? Eight out of the 11 this weekend were brought in by three different managers. Yeah. And I think, I mean, just look at it. Not a lot of those guys are new. And you look at, I also have something else to point out. The players he's brought in, uh, Malassia, injured, had a knee surgery again this past week, out. Lissandra Martinez, who I thought was the most crucial uh, player other than, uh, no, probably him coming in, uh, like last season, him coming in was the biggest part for our defense, has been injured all season. Christian Eriksen, in and out of the side with injuries all season. Kaisemiro, in and out of the side with injuries all season. Mason Mount, in and out of the side with injuries all season. Anthony, in and out of the side with other things all season. The guys that he wanted to build his foundation on, and I'll throw in, uh, sorry, I'll throw in Amrabat and Hoyland in there too, who have been dealing with injuries as well, have not consistently been there. So the guys you want to build your foundation on are taken out below you, right? If you're building a brick wall, that's what this is. You're building a brick wall and the bricks at the bottom are taken out below you. You're left with the crappy bricks at the top. And you know what the saddest thing about that is too? When you look at Newcastle, who have had some of their shiny new toys go down, their bricks at the bottom were always better than United's. We just didn't know that. Like, And, and a lot of people said, oh, that's on the manager to get them up. And I'm saying, how do you think guys are going to change their behavior 
when they know. Guys that have been through stabbing a manager in the back, you really think they're going to change? They ain't changing. Victor Lindelof ain't changing. Diogo Dallo ain't changing. Anthony Martial's not changing. Marcus Rashford's not changing. Scott McTominay, not changing. They'll do it again. And I give, I was a humongous proponent of Rashford last year. Massive. I have never seen a guy 10 minutes into a game where I go, holy shit, he's just not going to try today. 10 minutes in, and I knew he was done. He was gone. It wasn't worth it. We were playing with 10. And then I realized like five minutes later, holy crap, we're playing with nine because Martial's playing up top. These are guys who have been relied on by other managers and then not really had any sort of responsibility put on them. Any of the blame, none of it has gotten thrown their way. Not, not legitimately. They can say, well, the, the fans yelled at me. Oh, cry me a fucking river. You're on 350 grand a week and 250 grand a week, respectfully, and you've watched multiple guys get their jobs taken away from them. You want to put it simplistically? You watched guys get a job taken away from them. The last manager we had, it was his dream job. And what'd you do? Take a knife and put it right in his back as quickly as you could. Because you didn't want to take any blame. You didn't want to take any actual responsibility. You wanted your big new contract for the new manager. Joke. It's an actual joke. Um, do I back the manager? Yeah. A lot of people asking me. I was about to do the Jordan Belfort thing. I'm not fucking leaving. Um, I will turn on every single one of these players that have been there before Eric Tenhoff than I will the manager. I've seen it before. I've been here before. I've lived through this before. This time, it ain't going to be the same. I can tell you that for a fact, because I've seen the reaction from fans to the reports today that 50% of the United squad doesn't trust in the manager. One, how the hell are you getting that number? You emailing out surveys to the squad. And if so, are they answering those? If so, oh, like the fact that that is being reported is insanity. It would not be reported at any other club. But these players know the way to get the public on their side and turn it to the manager. Dressing room leaks after a loss. What a shock. As if that didn't happen six years ago. Eight years ago. It's a joke. JC still back this guy? Yeah. I think all those players that you mentioned that have been there before have done this and they've been bailed out by the club succumbing to pressure um, from the public to just sack the manager and then they got a full refresh button and they could go the next two seasons doing the same crap and then do it all over again. As long as the vocal fan base doesn't completely turn on this guy and it's a shame that I even have to say that the, because the as of now the people at Manchester United actually listen to people um instead of making decisions for themselves like they're right. supposed to like they're paid to do right um uh, but no i i don't think as long as it doesn't get too ugly from the public aka protests or anything like that and we're not even close to that point about protesting the manager or any of that then Sir Jim is going to come in in time and put some stable heads in charge, and they're going to weed out the players that are actual the actual problem, not just sack another manager and start over. 
all credit to Newcastle, beat the absolute crap out of us. From minute one to about minute 70, beat the crap out of us. Hoyland and uh, Anthony came on for Martial and Rashford 60 minutes in. After their first 10 minutes of getting adjusted to that game, I thought United looked a lot better. Did we look good? No. Did we look better? Yes. I can take the small victories. All right, shut your mouth. This defense that they've got going is really good. Uh, Tino Livermento absolutely torched us in the Carabao Cup. I came after the Carabao Cup and said that Tino Livermento absolutely torched us and he's going to be a player. And he did it again because Rashford decided not to track for the entirety of the game. The entire game. <laughs> Unbelievable lack of care. I've never seen someone give that little of an effort in the United in the United shirt. I mean, that was horrendous. Um, should Fabian Shar have been sent off? I don't know. Probably. Does it really matter? No. Uh, yeah. It's kind of all I got. Yeah. All right. I'll finish this off with Nick Pope. Um, completely dislocated his shoulder. He's out yeah. until at least April. Um, mm-hmm. Are the early reports? Yeah. I don't know if they're going to go try and get to Haya or yeah. they're going to do something. I highly doubt they're going with the Brevco for the rest of the year. Uh, I highly doubt. There's no freaking way they do that. <laughs> like there's just a zero percent chance they do that. Um, but that's a massive blow for them. Huge blow for Newcastle. I saw it when it happened and United tried to keep playing and I was like, pick the ball out. We'll be the scummiest people if this is how we got a 1-1 draw. Um, it's very devastating for Newcastle. I expect them to go get Davide and get top four right in front of our face. Not because of... This game is hilarious because it's like, brother, ain't nobody employed you yet. Nobody. Nobody came calling when we said we're not extending your contract. So the Saudis did. I don't know. The, it, exactly. No disrespect. We would take a jump. Okay. Uh, that's all I got on United. Lack of effort yet again. And that's not on the manager. That is on the players. They sit in seventh, 24 points. Miraculously, five points off top four. <laughs> Just so funny to think about because that was like eye gouging. Lee bad. Uh, Newcastle jump United. They are in sixth on 26 points. Uh, they are three points off of fourth placed Villa. Okay. Let's take our break there. We'll take our break there. And then we are going to get into the rest of these games. Pretty easy to get through the rest of these games. Like, uh, the other games this week, we don't need to talk about, uh, much of them too in depth. A lot of stuff was pretty straightforward. There are going to be some newsworthy things. And then we're going to get into the midweek games. Uh, we are going to get into the midweek games. There are games tomorrow. Arsenal play tomorrow night against Luton. Wolves and Burnley playing uh, tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, a full slate. Full slate, um, including United uh, at home to Chelsea, which I will be in uh, inside of. Old Trafford, I will be inside of you. And Villa at home to City, uh, which is probably the actual game of the week, if not game of December, maybe. Um, in my opinion, I think it could be a very, very good game. Okay. Take our break there. We'll be right back. Okay, Double J Weekend Review. You people just heard me yell at my football club for probably the 80th billionth time. Now, you get title race, Jace. Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Jace, this looked like a route and got a little squeaky towards the end. 
Yeah, the beginning was much, much better than usual. Um, play was great. But some people, um, some players kind of just took their foot off the gas in the second half, and it got a little squeaky. Um, but to, of course, another individual error from Zinchenko, he looked like he was going to be given a goal away for 30 straight minutes. He looked like he was going to give one away. And Cunha got the chance and dispatched it very nicely. Um Nothing Raya could do there perfectly in the corner. Got a little shaky at the end, but it was okay. Um, getting three points this time of year is all that matters. Think back. We're during the World Cup this time last year, but right around um, beginning of December, end of November, Arsenal were playing as good as anyone in the world, probably along with Napoli. Um, mm-hmm. And then it came crashing down at the World Cup. I'd rather just be getting three points and moving on right now than worrying about what everything looks like. The error is just really freaking annoying. As yeah. Zinchenko makes the second goal, as good as he is going forward, it's every week, every other game at this point that he's at least conceding a chance or two um, yeah. from an error. And yeah. this one costs a goal. And throwing that away would have been worse than throwing the full away, game away. Like, I mean, yeah. that game was done and dusted 13 minutes in. Had some unfortunate misses. Um, Martinelli hit the post. Trossard didn't score on a one-on-one. And Ketia hit the post after um, they scored. So, I mean, it could have been more. It could have been 5-6. You're not going to score 5-6 every game. Like the Champions League midweek, that's just not how this works. But, again, I'll just take three points and move on But and not freak out too much about the nitty-gritty. It's just frustrating a little yeah. bit that this I- stuff I'm- continues to happen. I'm understanding where you're coming from because it, I was about to yell at you name names, but you don't need to because it's quite obvious if you watch Arsenal where their defensive uh, failures come from. It's uh, the guy who's on the left and plays in the back four every time. Um, uh, most times, I shouldn't dog him that hard. Most times, uh, I think a lot of a lot has been said about Arsenal's defense this year. A lot has been said uh, about City's defense this episode by myself. Um, my my main point that I want to get out in this Arsenal game is not actually about the game. It's it's more about how Arsenal played this year. You talk about City and their system. You're playing a, a very similar system. It is not identical. If you think it's identical, you need to go look at when Arsenal tried to play it at times last year, at the end of last year, and we're getting smacked around for times. Not Don't smacked around. Thomas at right back to start the season. Yes. You have, Arteta has realized something that usually takes Pep a couple months, which is terrifying as a United fan. I don't like that he is realizing things quickly. That if you're more pragmatic in the system, and by pragmatic, I do mean uh, less throw the kitchen sink in the attack, you don't concede. You just don't. Arteta has figured that out this year. I think Zinchenko in that inverted role and figuring out who you can put there that is better has opened his eyes a lot. This defense is so strong. I don't think they're going to have the same mental mistakes uh, cost them like they did last year because I have seen evidence this year again that they're willing to change. He's willing to say, I don't care if it looks good on your eye, brother. 
right now, don't care. Let's worry about that when we've won a Premier League, right? I think if he were to tell you, if Mikel Arteta were to sit Jace down and say, hey, Jace, this season, this season, Jace, we are going to win the Premier League. It may not look good. It may not look like it did last season, but we win the Premier League. Jace would be on his knees thanking the good Lord above for everything that had happened to him. Because there is one trust with his manager and two, a belief that that can work from the players. The players have bought into this new system of uh, we have Declan Rice, we have William Saliba, we have Gabriel. I texted you, I think, this weekend. That spine isn't real. Right this season, it's not real. They are better than anyone in the league. And it ain't close. He'll go, City, no. Liverpool, no. This is the top of the top, and that's how you win titles. You don't win titles by looking good. You know who looked good? Liverpool 13-14. You know who won the league? City. It ain't always about the eye. Sometimes it's literally about... The guys. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it is. I don't think Jace would disagree with this. No, I agree with you. And eventually the attack will have to start performing better and taking some of these chances um, later in the season. But right now, I'm so pleased with how the defense has turned out this year. Mm. It was supposed to be Timber at left back instead of Zinchenko, and it sucks that he tore his ACL. But besides that, I mean, the three to the right, Gabriel and Saliba every game, incredible. Whether it's been White or Tommy also right back, incredible. Declan Rice has completely changed and not only the mentality of this team, but just like the work rate. And I don't know if necessarily other people are working harder than they were last year. I just mm-hmm. think he might be the hardest worker in the league. Like he covers so much ground. His Greg, his legs go inspector gadget and extend every time he needs to make a tackle. I mean, yeah, pace setter, pace setter on all so angles. good. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason why Mikel switched to Raya because, I mean, the shots faced this season have plummeted, and yeah. of course, the main goal of the keeper, as we always say, is still to stop the ball from going in the net. But Raya has the ball so much at his feet this year, that and you watched Ramsdale play; it was going to be a liability. And with the shots just not coming in, I mean, not only the conceded the least goals with the least shots, least shots on target, least expected goals, all the defensive stats you could want. Um, I just think he he made a decision that he thought was best for the team there, and I think it, uh, I'm starting to realize why that decision was made. And yeah. I still think we both agree there's probably not much between the two of them, Mm-mm. but one of them is a whole lot calmer. And yes. that has been important right now this year. But yeah, we don't need to get bogged down on this one too long. There were better games no. this weekend, but yeah, a good win. Move on to Luton and do not dare drop points to Luton. Do not mm. dare. <laughs> uh, did you like my Mikel impression? Yeah, it was actually pretty dang good. Thank you. I know. Uh, Arsenal are top of the league still. 33 points, two points clear of Liverpool. Three points clear of the Monstars. Except, are they anymore? 
I'm doing this again. If people are curious as to why I'm doubting City, it's because I again, I said that they were going to win the league by double digit points, and I'm starting to get a little concerned. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, sorry, I should talk about the other team. Wolves are in 13th, 15 points. Gary O'Neill. Pretty easy, Gary O'Neill. Okay, there were some crazy games uh, yesterday. Liverpool four, Fulham three. This was not the this is Anfield game that me and Chase thought it was going to be, but at the same time, it was a this is Anfield game. It was a this is Anfield game in the sense that they do this sometimes and not just to teams like Fulham. They did it to Arsenal last year. They've done it to City in the past. I think it was two years ago where they had a 4-3 absolutely insane game. Maybe it was three seasons ago. It doesn't yeah. matter, but they have these games where no matter what the opposition does, it's hold on for dear life mode. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's an onslaught, and you knew it was going to happen. As soon as Indo scored, you knew they were going to get the winner. Um, we saw it last year. Ramsdale had two separate goal save of the season nominees in the yeah, second half right. against Liverpool. The onslaught was that's that. Right. And Arsenal were 2-0 up at half and were lucky to get away with a 2-2 draw. Absolutely lucky. And, and like, that's just what this team does. I Absolutely nothing against Fulham here. Marco Silva had them ready to play. He wanted to win. He was making attacking substitutions at 2-2. He was rewarded. He got the 3-2, but then the flip switched. And as I say, when they get in that mode at Anfield, the crowd is rabid. Um, the bangers are going in. They're getting shot after yep. shot. You clear the ball out. It's back in around the box in five seconds. There's no time to step up. There's no time to catch your breath. And, I mean, this happens. And they scored two bangers um, to get the win. They scored McAllister scored one earlier in the game. It's impressive when they get in this mode, but it, it's still the same defensive problems with Liverpool. Um, to concede three to Fulham at home is – I'm coming from a guy who conceded two to him, but slightly different <laughs> circumstances. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think their defense is still their biggest worry. But at home, they're going to be very hard to beat unless you can somehow snuff them out, which I don't know if that's even a thing. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. You score three, they're going to score four. You score zero, they're going to score seven. Um, I am so happy we didn't turn on Jace or on Jace. I'm so happy we didn't turn on Trent last season, Jace. We were, I think me and you were probably one of the few people that were coming out and saying Liverpool need to build around him rather than take him out of the side. Yeah, you have to make him work. He offers too much going forward in terms of goals and assists, like tangible statistical stuff to take him out of the lineup. He means just way too much. Like, I think the people calling for his replacement now, do I think they could build the squad better and have a more defensive right back for different games and play Trent a little bit higher up in midfield, perhaps? Sure. But with the team they have now, he has to start a right back every game. We saw the Joe, Joe Gomez experiment earlier in the season when they were just struggling with form um, uh-huh. a little bit, not nearly as bad as last year or anything like that. But yeah, I think he just means too much goals and assists wise to take out regardless of what mishaps may come defensively, but the, these, it's not like these were his fault. Like, I mean, maybe he could have blocked across better here or there, but I mean, he, he didn't get like absolutely destroyed or anything. And I mean, he wins them the game. So yeah, I, I think the benefits just 
so much outweigh the negatives that that's really how it goes. I'm right there with you. I think, I think I was, I I defended him a lot last year when as a United fan, I didn't need to, but I just know how good this guy is. I mean, set pieces. He is a 10 out of 10 going forward. He is a 10 out of 10 defensively. He's a seven out of 10. Oh no. Oh no. Put a better guy behind him. Remember when Van Dyke was the right-sided center back for him? Like way back when? I think they might have won the league that year or the year before that. Van Dyke played right-sided center back next to Trent for a while, and no one no one was doing the Trent's bad at defending thing. Funny how that how that happens. Interesting. Um Liverpool are gonna be fine. Uh, they also only scored bangers this game. It was a banger-only rule, apparently, from Jurgen Klopp before, Jace. He just said, if you score a goal that isn't absolutely hit to perfection, we're not counting it. Yeah, they only scored really good ones. And that's just... (laughs) They just got some quality. Great finish from Endo, especially as a defensive midfielder who hasn't gotten much of a chance this year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Liverpool win. They're in second, 31 points, two points off Arsenal. They're in a title race right now. They're in the title race. It's a, it's a four-team race to me uh, of Arsenal, Liverpool, City, and Mr. Good Evening. He's there. He's there. Um, meanwhile, Fulham are in 14th on 15 points, level on points with Wolves, one point off Palace, and two clear of Steve Cooper's Nottingham Forest. Okay. Chelsea, three. Brighton. Bright, why did I say it like that? Brighton, two. Um, Enzo Fernandez, welcome to the Premier League, Jace. Yes, gets a goal and then gets a penalty as well. Um, yeah, re refereed penalty, in my opinion, but I guess, yeah, I do. I agree with that too. Um, yeah, just more of that. But anyway, shout out to VAR for fixing the handball, though, at the end. We'll Mm -hmm. say that ball hit him square in the face. So that's yep. what VAR is for, and that was good there. But yeah, um, Levi Caldwell getting, I think, his first goal for Chelsea too. Um, <laughs> not really celebrating against Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> Love to see that. Uh, Buena Note with a fantastic finish, and Xiao uh, Pedro's goal didn't really matter. I mean, they there was a lot of added time, and Brighton were trying, but they didn't get yeah. another huge clear chance. But yeah, this is a really big win for. Chelsea, especially because they were down a man after another red card, Connor Gallagher, two yellows. Uh, this time, Poch was talking about it afterwards. They're young and they're making a lot of mental mistakes, but they're getting way too many red cards, way too many reds right now. It's impossible to sustain three twos like this if you continuously play 45 minutes with 10 men. It just doesn't work. Oh, yeah. I watched Arsenal get a red card every other game. It felt like two or three seasons ago. Like It's just... It doesn't work long term. You may nick a win there, here and there, but that's troubling. What's not troubling though is their performance this time and the ability to hold the line with ten men. I was pretty impressed um, with them, but at the same time, I think it's time when we talk about Brighton having a slight, slight step back this year. I know they're still in eight. They're still on twenty-two points. They're not doing horribly by any means. Still above Chelsea and West Ham, but. It just doesn't look as good this year. And I know yeah. we talk about Arsenal not looking as good this year either, but Arsenal are getting wins, and Brighton mm-hmm. are dropping games. They shouldn't drop. If you look at the form going into this game, Brighton should not have lost this. 
No, I, I do. A lot is said about certain teams' injuries. Tottenham's talked about Unitedism. Last season, it was Liverpool's talked about Chelsea wasn't. Yes. Brighton's players out. Adam Webster is very crucial to that defense. And Sufasi looked like he was going to come in and change some things. Danny Welbeck, say what you want to say, but it's nice having an experienced guy to put up top every now and then. Julio and CISO came in last year, scored some bangers. It's, uh, uh, Javier Estupinon, is that his first name? Purvis. Purvis. How yeah, I think it's Purvis. I think Estupinon and Marsh are the two biggest ones. Just and then Marsh is the brutal. next one. And also, Tariq Lamptey, who came in for Estupinon and started to look good, he's also injured. So we do need to, I am going to be a little bit of a proponent here and help you out. At yeah, you the same are right. Time, You're right. You're conceding goals like candy. Like, that's the real issue. In that regard, like, 26 goals conceded is atrocious. That's as bad as Luton. That's as bad as Fulham. Those are two teams that we constantly tell you feed other teams' goals. So there are injuries, but, 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 right? You still have to go out there and perform. 26 goals is not performing. It's not. Okay. Anything else, Chase, from here? No, I didn't realize it was 26 goals already. That's not great. <laughs> Just wondering why you're being so quiet. It's a state shock. Yeah, the, the streak, con- streak continues. Will they make it to Boxing Day without um, keeping a clean sheet? I kind of hope they do, because if they go to Boxing Day without keeping a clean sheet and they're in like securely in the top 10, that's still crazy. Yeah, that is. <laughs> uh, last thing on this game, Benoit Batichiele is good. Said it last season. Jay said it last season. He is good. He's significantly better than Axel DeSassi. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> All right. There are other games we need to run through. Let's get through a team I just called, said was in a title race. Bournemouth 2, Villa 2. I don't think Jace will agree with me that they are in a title race. This might be a little biased in the fact that I do love Mr. Good Evening, Unai Emery. This is a game where I, I had said uh, for a lot of the season that Villa have uh, bad away form. And I'm sure Villa fans were going, what the fuck is this guy talking about? I'm sure some of you were seeing that I was talking about more of performance. The performance on the road versus the performance at home is night and day. This was evidence I finally got some tangible evidence to show to you. Yeah, and they were very fortunate to get the draw here. Ali Watkins scoring yeah. late right before stoppage time. Um, but yeah, I was really impressed with Bournemouth, and they continue to look good in the last month and a half under Uriola. He's figured something out, and it's working. Um, Solanke scoring another one. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Villa just not quitting, even though things were really not going their way. I mean, they're getting outshot. Uh, shot on target, all that. And they kept going. Ollie Watkins, their main man, and Leon Bailey, their other guy that's been their main man this season, um, getting them the goals and getting them a point and just getting them the hell out of there. I think given the way the game went, they'll take their point and move on. Um, I was ready to come, like, ready to come on here and talk about how I said teams that are really competing have to win games like this on the road. And I was going to say, well, you know, there's your example why Villa aren't going to do it, but they fought back. They got the point. Is it ideal? No, they would have definitely wanted the three, but 
given the way Bournemouth played, given the fact that they were down pretty much all the way to the end um, and get the goal to draw, I think they'll be okay with the point and they'll get out of there. They've got bigger fish to fry around the corner. I agree. The one thing I really have from the Bournemouth point of view in this game, uh, Zabarni, Sinesi, Christie, Cook, Tavernier, Clivert, Semenyo, Solanke. You have uh, seven points from nine. All of those guys have started in every single one of those seven points from nine. Mm. You figured it out. He figured it out. He got the the guys that he needed, and it just took a little 6-1 smacking around a city to get you there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they found they found their lineup, which a lot of yes. a few other teams have not, and there's a reason that Bournemouth are starting to pull away from those teams. I agree. Okay. Um, we're eating our words about Bournemouth as the weeks go by. 13 points, that is six clear of Everton, six clear of Burnley. Meanwhile, Villa are in fourth, 29 points, four points off leaders. Arsenal, one point off City and two points off Liverpool. Okay, let's move right along. There was a sacking this weekend. I think we should get to that. Burnley, five, Sheffield United, nil, one. J.J. Watt liked a double J tweet, so we are now fu- – I'm fully back in on Burnley. Um, I predicted them 13th at the beginning of the season – so I'm fully back in on Burnley now that uh, J.J. Watt has liked our tweet. Two, we were right about this being an El Sacico, R.I.P. in peace, Paul Heckingbottom, heck of a name. Yep, Paul, first one sacked, first time, or first manager sacked this season, first Sheffield United manager to be sacked in the Premier League, which is shocking. Mm. Um, mm. But I guess they were bringing That's their guys down with them. But yeah, um, this was a blowout because of the Ollie McBurney red card. But Burnley were going to win anyway, and it was very obvious. Jay Rodriguez scored 15, 20 seconds in, something like that. Um, and then Bruin Larson scores before half. You get the red from Ollie McBurney, which was absolutely inexcusable. Two separate yellows for elbowing the defender in the face while going for a header. Just yes, like blatant, too. One of them, I think, <laughs> got reviewed for potential violent conduct. It yeah. wasn't given, but... The ref was standing right there, and he was just like, what am I supposed to do? His manager called him out for it after the game, or former manager now. Um, But yeah, Burnley in the second half just absolutely exploded. They scored three goals in seven minutes to help with that goal difference, and maybe they can use this to figure something out. I think we need to wait until they play someone that's significantly better than Sheffield United, um, which is, you know. 70, 85% of the league. So, no, Chase, 100. I'm saying significantly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So oh, like 85% yeah, yeah. of the league, probably yeah, significantly yeah. better than them. Um, yeah. And they play Wolves next. So that's perfect. That's a real test. Um, and it's not, you know, City who they're going to get absolutely nothing from, learn nothing, you know, go and play a well coached Wolves team and see if they figured something out here. Yep. Uh, Luca Coliosha. American, hopefully, hopefully, in the future, gets hopefully. a goal. Hopefully. Knock on wood, everybody. Um, Burnley get a great result here. Sheffield United, I think, are already down. Uh, they have appointed um, Chris Wilder, who those will remember, was their manager during their uh, two seasons in the league. Had a great first season. 
had huge second season syndrome the second season and went down. The reason this is funny is now 25% of Premier League managers have previously managed Watford. Which is just so random and hilarious. <laughs> it's it's not that random when you think of how many managers Watford have fired. Oh, that's true. But they how, fire a manager every six months. But how the hell have all of them gotten better jobs and then not only gotten better jobs, kept them? How bad are you at judging managers when you're firing them? <laughs> I mean, Watford Poor. clearly are the worst. I mean, they it, it's like absurd. Yes. Uh, Wilder, Edwards, Silva, Dyche, and Hodgson. Uh, for those curious, that's from WAFC Rob on Twitter who found that. I'm not going to claim that I went and did that research. Um, hilarious that that is a stat. Nonetheless, Sheffield United are bottom five points through 14 games, 11 goals scored, 39 conceded. Even if you take the 8-0 out, 31 is not good. Burnley are on seven points. They are only two points from safety, which be, which is Luton, who obviously we said I have to play Arsenal this week. Six points away from Bournemouth, though. Bournemouth, are, if they can keep doing this, they're going to look back and be like, holy crap, how the hell are we that, that far away? Maybe easy. All right, let's crank through the rest of these games, Jace, because most of them are pretty straightforward. Uh, let's get into the Sunday game, the final one. West Ham won, Palace won. The odson Edward experiment continues. Continues. Let's go. He's back. Palace kind of seem like they're going to be able to do some stuff without a Brecciese if Michael Elise is in the team. And Jake DeCore. Yeah, the, the roller coaster ride continues for this team. Um, I thought they played much better, much, much yeah. better um, this game than against Luton. And, you know, we're going for the winner, um, but it just super even draw. This one barely got shown on goal zone. Unsurprisingly, the other games going on at the same time were 2-2 Bournemouth Villa, 3-2 Chelsea Brighton, and 4-3 Liverpool Fulham. So as you can imagine, I didn't see a ton of this one outside of the highlights. Um, yeah. Because they were showing all the goals in the other three matches. Um, this was the televised game here, Jace. I couldn't watch anything else but this. There is something wrong with the broadcasters in that country, but that Dude. is a, that is a conversation <laughs> for another day. Uh, but this is a good point for Palace and a Derby on the road and a nice bounce back. Do you see who played uh, DM who came in for Jake DeCore for Palace? Yeah, Chris Richards got man of the or Palace man of the match for it. Yeah, he was my man of the match of the game. I'm sure a lot of people would say Muhammad Kadus. I love Muhammad Kadus, but Chris Richards coming into a position he isn't really all that like familiar with on a senior level, especially in the Premier League, for a player who I rate extremely highly, who Jace rates extremely highly, and come in there and you make him look good. Uh oh. I would like to see if they can do a Richards Shake Decore partnership when he comes back. That 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 could get tasty. That could get tasty. He was very good in that position this weekend. Okay. Yeah. Love Anything to see else? Uh, Palace are on 16 points. Yes. Yes. Jace. Yes. They're back. 13th. 12th. Perfectly balanced. Were they 12th last season or was it 13th? Uh, they were. I think it was 12th, actually. I think you're right. Crazy thing is Everton should be above them. Everton should be in 12th. <laughs> So funny. That is so funny. Palace are on Aaron 12th. They're back. We're perfectly balanced, as all things should be, in the words of Thanos, on 16 points. 
Meanwhile, West Ham still in that top 10. 21 points through 14 games, 24 goals, scored, 24 conceded. Perfectly balanced as all things should be as well. All right, two Saturday games to get through, and then we're uh, into a little preview. Uh, Brentford three, Luton one. Yeah, Brentford. Brentford going to Brentford, Jace, at home. We knew this could either be crackhead or they win the game pretty comfortably. That's how it goes with them. Yeah, defense played really well. The Luton scored on their one shot on target, and it was already 2-0. Um, by then, and they immediately scored after. There's not too much to get into here. Brentford did what they were supposed to. Uh, yeah, my one thing is I have to do my weekly Ethan Pinnock prop. Uh, uh, one block, three clearances, two headed clearances, one interception, and seven ball recoveries. <laughs> not too shabby. 30 years old is just having like a renaissance. For Brentford, it, Ben Mee is starting to do the same thing. Two blocks, two clearances, and 10 recoveries. That partnership's a freak. They're they're freaks. Okay. Brentford on 19 points. Uh, meanwhile, Luton on nine. This was a really nothing game. We're going to get into another nothing game. Forest nil, Everton won. There were some complaints about a penalty. Uh, I'm, I'm a big Forest guy. I understand last week there was a call against you. I don't know if... You should be saying, well, that was a wrong call, so we should get a wrong call. Are you kind of with me on that one, Jace? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. I didn't think there was much in that at all, um, especially not called on the field. We don't want a bunch of re-refereeing. Uh, but the goal, Dwight McNeil, um, solid finish. Banger, yeah. I think that was, was his nice first player. goal of the season. Um, I think it was, too. He was so important for them at the tail end of last year. They need him to be important again. He seems like a guy that... Um, can step up. I mean, their first realistically winnable game. I mean, United isn't. Of course, you can steal something always, but I don't think that was necessarily <laughs> always realistic for them. This one was. They keep the clean sheet. Dwight McNeil gets the goal. Uh, my main thing really is no Calvert Lewin again uh, hurt. So it's going to yeah. be on these the McNeils again most likely if as it just appears Calvert Lewin's never going to stay fit. Yeah, and I, I don't want to be the guy that says, you know, a player sucks. I think Beto might suck. He ain't good. He can't put the ball on in, in the big rectangle. Like, it's all off target. It's insane. And they already have a problem with that. You don't need your striker having a problem with it. Okay. Sorry we're rushing through this, people. Actually, no. I'm here to apologize to absolutely no one. Everton are on seven points. As Jay said, they would be in 12th right now if they had the points back. <laughs> Same thing to say. Meanwhile, Forrester's slipping, man. 13 points. It's not a good run for Steve Cooper. There were worries this week that uh, he could get sacked. I think that would be an extremely, extremely naive decision. Look at the teams you've played in the last couple weeks. West Ham, Brighton, and an Everton team who are hungry for three points. Do not do something you're gonna you're gonna their, regret here. In the- their owner wanting them to be top ten a year <laughs> and a half into their first like try in the Premier League of this century. Correct me if I'm wrong. Ninety nine was when they got relegated, right? You are correct. Um, is it's just insane, especially with the new players. Like, sure, if we're at Christmas next year and you're not at least you know pushing top ten, make yeah. the change if that's where you really want to be and you feel like you can find someone that's better. I think that would be a disastrous decision right now. I agree. Okay. 
We're going to move away. That's our review done. No winners, losers. Mike D, no awards this week. We're going to get into uh, predictions, which is essentially going to be me asking Jace what he thinks is going to happen in the game. He's going to predict it. We're going to move on. Um, and we'll probably talk a little bit about United-Chelsea because I will be at that game. Jace, Wolves at home to Burnley. Big test for Burnley. What do you think is happening? Give me a prediction. I think Burnley can get a scoring draw here. Um, I agree. We'll see, though. I see a 1-1. Uh, Wolves had some off-the-field stuff happen with Johnny this week. Weird. Luton at home to Arsenal. Any <laughs> You said, it's, I swear to God, if you drop points, Jace. Do not drop points. <laughs> That's all I got. Do not drop points. I'm in agreement with Jace. Do not drop points. Okay, the Wednesday games, Brighton at home to Brentford. I think we'll get back spot for Brighton. Wouldn't shock me if they drew, though. I'm with you there. I'm going with a Brighton win. I think Brentford also really struggled to put two performances, two wins together. Palace at home to Bournemouth. Give me Palace again. In there with you. Fulham at home to Forest. For I think Steve Cooper may low-key be fighting for his job, as we just discussed. I think they get something here. Let let I'm down spot for Fulham after that roller coaster they had two days prior. I'm in agreement. I'm going to go with a draw. I'm actually taking it back. Give me a draw in the Bournemouth game. I'm on Bournemouth. Sheffield United at home to Liverpool. Could be ugly. Yeah, it could get real, real ugly. In what I'm calling probably one of the games of the year this year, Villa at home. That's the key point to me. Villa at home, haven't lost, haven't dropped points against Manchester City, Jace. Yeah, no Rodri for City. We saw how that went last time. Lost to Wolves, lost to Arsenal. I think that could happen again. Um, I might be being too optimistic, too biased, because I want City to drop points literally every single time they play. True. But Villa have played very well at home, as you say. And City just don't look all that right right now. Um, no, they you know, don't. They could fix it at literally any game. Any game, they could fix it and go on a run. There's no doubt about that. I personally do not think it's here. I think it's another draw against a good team for City. Villa 3, City 1. Good evening, hoes. Okay, uh, United at home to Chelsea. I will be in Old Trafford. I will be in the house. Jace, it is widely known. I have never seen United score a goal in person. Please, Lord, just score a goal and win. Just score a goal for Dylan. Run over there like he's the Make-A-Wish kid and sign his uh, <laughs> autograph his sign. Please, please, please score a goal. You have me. to get this out into the public, though. If this, however many games you've been to, what now? Five, six? We're at five. This is number five. Yeah. All right. If there's no, if United don't score a goal here, we need to get the word out that you've been to five games and they haven't scored and the club needs to bring you to every single game until they score. <laughs> or until it gets to the point where they're not scoring at any games you're at and you're banned for life. Yeah. No, that's the only answer here. Either I can never watch them in person again or we get this off my back. I mean, it's not just the points on the line in this game. <laughs> it's Dylan's ability to go <laughs> to games. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Five games, zero goals. That includes preseason games. Horrendous. Okay, that's all we got. Uh, I think United are winning 3-1. I'm going to see some goals. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be cheering. All these fans saying, 50% of the dressing room's gone. Liars. We're going to put in a performance against Chelsea. Also, Chelsea can't put in two performances in a row. They cannot. That's why I'm taking United. 
Let's go, Jace. Give me that. Okay, that's our review done. That's our midweek preview done. I've been Dylan. I've been Jace. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Please, Lord God, United score. Okay, peace.